Hello and welcome to another episode of Good For Profit. This is your host Mo and we are bringing you a special release for the end of the year 2022 to celebrate Christmas and New Year's and enter the new year in style. We're bringing you around 10 conversations with mostly founders of Tech For Good startups but also founders of businesses that are for profit and for good at the same time as is the theme of the podcast. So without further ado, let's dive into one of these conversations. I hope that you enjoy it as much as I did. Ben, hello and welcome. Uh, so happy to have you with us here today. How are hey, you? Good to be here. How are you this morning? I see the Very well, uh, thanks. beautiful yeah. poster in the background as well that we're going to talk a lot about in a second. It is. It was made by Fiona, my co-founder. That is incredible. That's incredible. The Portfolio Collective is definitely something that we're going to go into a lot of detail today. Mm-hmm. Um, I just do. I want to highlight though that you're a man of of many talents. Mm-hmm. Um, you looking at your career uh, over the past number of years, you've done so many incredible things. Um, and so we are going to dive into what the Portfolio Collective is, but I'm also really curious to find out more about the why behind why you started this after mm-hmm. trying so many things and and having so many different roles. So please tell us a bit more. So yeah, um, I started my well, actually I started my portfolio career in terms of side hustles when I was still at school. I was you know buying and selling things on the side, doing up property later on. Um, so arguably, I started my portfolio career as a teenager. Um, however, I always had a day job um, right through till about four years ago. And four years ago, I decided to ditch the day job because my side hustles were much more fun and interesting than my day job. And my, um, my side hustles at the time, and which became my portfolio career, are three things, all interrelated. The first is working with startups. So some angel investing, mentoring of founders, board work, consulting, et cetera. The second is working with investors, helping investors get deal flow from, from Europe, American investors, that is, or potentially helping with due diligence. And then the, the final bit was a bit of thought leadership. So I teach a bit at Oxford University and I do the odd speech. And so it was a very nice portfolio. It was making me happy. It was paying the bills. I was getting lots of sweat equity or, or angel investment. So I was, I was having a bit of a, you know, um, an investment portfolio as well as a portfolio career. And then lockdown began. And right, basically yes. the great resignation kicked off. And I'm sure you guys remember early lockdown. A lot of people either got laid off or did quit or thought about quitting, but certainly reflected on life and said, what do I want out of life, career, work-life balance, etc." And what happened to me is I was overwhelmed by friends saying words to the effect of either I've just quit or I'm planning to quit. I want a career more like yours. How do I do that? Mm. So it just started off as one-on-one career mentoring. You know, okay, we'll have a chat. One of the things I realized is that I was winging it and I didn't have all of the answers to all their questions. <laughs> um, but but, but I, 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 you know, I was being helpful. And, and then I started asking other people, how do you do it? And, and lots of people started having one-on-one calls, but it was inefficient and messy, albeit quite sociable. And so for a while, I was just, you know, for two or three weeks, I was thinking, okay, if people say, can I get some career advice? They say yes. Uh, and I'd give them a Zoom link. And it was an hour. It was very generous of my time in those very days. Very kind of you. Yeah, of course. This is less. But then they kept telling their friends, I'll talk to Ben, talk to Ben. And I was getting 20 to 30 requests a week wow. within three, four weeks of lockdown. So I thought, I can't do this. Work for you. <laughs> exactly. I can't do this one-on-one. I, otherwise, I, yeah, I'll have to drop everything else. So I built a workshop and I, and I interviewed lots of portfolio professionals, you know, successful, unsuccessful, starting out, pivoting, and said, uh, you know, what do you do? How do you do this? You know, what works? What doesn't work? What are the steps of building a career? And this workshop had 
the eight steps of launching a portfolio career. So anyone that asks for help, I say, is it about portfolio careers? They say, yes. I say, here's the link. See you Wednesday. Um, so that's how we started off is literally a tidy up of my calendar because I wanted to help people, but had to do it efficiently. And then it just kind of morphed from there. One of the things that became very clear from the workshops is people worried about loneliness. And I said, you know, there's probably an opportunity for a community here. People were looking for collaborators. You know, I need to help people connect with each other. People had a lot of questions that no one had the answer to. So I needed to do some research and help people think through um, how to do build a portfolio career in a, in a structured way. And so basically, after a few weeks of this workshop getting bigger and bigger and getting a life of its own, I was lucky to be sitting on some cash that I was going to invest in other people's companies as an angel, invested in the portfolio collective instead, and you know, Amazing. found co-founders, hired a team and said, let's try and help professionals launch successful portfolio careers. That's incredible. Gosh, there's so much to unpack here. Um, I'm, I'm going to start with a very, very simple and probably a little bit of a steeper question. Um, what is a portfolio career? It's not stupid. For my first year of having a portfolio career, I didn't have a name for it. Yeah, um, that, that's so <laughs> I just did lots of stuff. Um, yeah, at, at its simplest, it's having a career in which you make money from multiple sources. So at a very basic level, someone that has a day job with a side hustle, as long as it's paying, that's step one of a portfolio career for a lot of people. If it's not paying, that's a hobby. Uh, that's not yet a portfolio career. But you know, if people do a board job on the side, they do some paid mentoring or teaching on the side or, or, or whatever, or maybe um, start managing an investment portfolio. There's lots of things you can do on the side, baking, you know, it could be whatever, be a DJ, sure. um, wedding photographer, there's all sorts of stuff. But once you start earning something on the side, that's step one. That doesn't necessarily need loads of handholding, you know, there's some support. But typically our members are people who've ditched the day job and then okay. decided they want three to 10 sources of income that fit with their knowledge and their passions and their skills and the lifestyle that they want, et cetera. That's so interesting. Do, do you think this is some sort of emergent thing just given the way the world works now or? It's accelerating. So yeah, you could argue it's been around forever. You know, you've had like the retired CEOs who go and sit on the boards of universities and make speeches and what have you, uh, or write a book, but it was pretty small. But realistically now, it's, it's, it's open to pretty much anyone with a brain and Wi-Fi. Um, and, and actually forecast after forecast, you know, whether it's from uh, the OECD or the US government or McKinsey or whatever, is saying that by 2030, over half of the workforce at every level of society will have will basically be part of the gig economy, which at the top end means portfolio careers. Um, right. and, and, and that... If all the reports, the people that report multiple times have been bringing that date forward. So that was the forecast actually before lockdown and obviously lockdown accelerated a lot of stuff. Of course. Wow. That's incredible. Um, yeah, it's something that definitely I've known people have sort of done that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. They've, you know, worked multiple jobs or done multiple things, mm -hmm. not because they can't stick to one job, but just yeah. because they're interested in many different things. Yeah. Uh, now we can call it something. Now, now there's a name. Exactly, for it. it is one of the first <laughs> things people say when they when they meet me is like, "Thank you, you've given a name to to the yeah. career that either I have or I want." Now I can tell my wife or other half or whatever what I do uh, and hold my head up. Um, so Absolutely. it is fine. By the way, we yeah, didn't previously it'd be like, "I'm I'm a freelancer and I do multiple things here and there," but now it's like, yeah. "I have a portfolio career and it looks yeah. as follows." So yeah, it makes yeah. a lot of sense, and it sounds um, very respectable too. It it does. It really does. Yeah, it really does. 
You mentioned earlier as well about the community um, mm-hmm. side of things because, you know, things can get lonely um, for mm-hmm. a lot of people. Um, it's people who are sort of yeah. working in, in senior positions, but mm-hmm. equally just people who are doing kind of freelancing gigs yeah. and here and there and so on can get a little bit lonely without the community yeah. being active. So that's something that you obviously realize quite early on. Absolutely, um, yeah. That's quite important. How, how are you kind of working to try and cultivate that community within uh, Portfolio Collective? Yeah, so, um, it, and obviously not just a portfolio career can be lonely, but actually lockdown was lonely too. So there was uh, two Absolutely. problems being solved. There was a, a good window in which people just wanted connection with like-minded souls. So given that we were founded in lockdown, a lot of what we do is remote, typically over Zoom. Um, so we have a few events a week, which are anything from training courses, master classes, problem solving. People bring their portfolio career problems to the table and other people help them unpack them and, and find solutions. Um, there's community networking, uh, yeah, fireside chats. There's a lot of remote. We are starting to do face-to-face. Um, we've done quite a few events in London now, probably a couple a quarter, a couple in New York. The plan is to get to the other cities where we're big, like Berlin and Lisbon and, and stuff. Awesome. Um, and what we're seeing as well is loads of our members connect with other people one-on-one and it's hard to even track there's so much of it going on um but every time i talk to members they how's life they say oh yeah i was talking to that member the other day about this and this one and this and this one and this and and some of it's remote and some of it's in person so we're definitely helping people connect with like-minded souls one of the nice things that happens in our community is everyone is is committed to a community not just it's not just take 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 it's not just i want a job or i want to be trained it's okay. Community is a two-way street. You, know, you give and you take. So, for example, when people post a question in the newsfeed, I've, I'm struggling with X. You'll get three to ten really helpful people just comment and and say, "Have you tried this? Maybe read this article." You know, here's my Zoom link uh, or my Canally link. Let's have a chat. It's really kind of friendly and collaborative, which is nice. Yeah, that's really awesome. That's yeah. quite incredible that you managed to build that. Did, did that happen quite organically, or is it something that you kind of like you really tried to set in stone from the start? Yeah. One day I'll write a book saying it was easy and organic and it wasn't. I mean, it, it, you know, and to give a sense of scale, we're only 7,000 people now. I say only, I mean, given the caliber of the people, that's amazing. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but LinkedIn 700 million or whatever. So it's, you know, a, a, a lot less, uh, but we're not trying to be LinkedIn. Step by so, step, we'll get ahead. Huh? Exactly. <laughs> so and how we've really grown and built that connectivity, we started off with quite frankly, our friends, you know, so the co-founders have friends who either had or wanted portfolio careers and said, will you be guinea pigs? Yeah, we're going to have some Zooms. We're going to do some training. We'd love your feedback. Um, so that helped. And we got up to 80 or 100 people as the founding group. They then told their friends because uh, they liked what we were doing, told their friends. So that was the first few hundred. Um, then we started writing really good articles. We got picked up by Google Fast and that started bringing people in on the back of basically SEO. Um, so that worked quite well. Um, we've played around with that. It hasn't worked so well. LinkedIn works really well. People are sharing stuff. Um, and now we're having more and more jobs posted on the site and then people come looking at jobs. So say, oh, this is a kind of cool community. I'll sign up. So that's the growth. The engagement is, I think, really just the tone set through the events. So a lot of people actually sign up, not for work, uh, but because they want to just come and meet other portfolio professionals and say, what's this all about then? Um, And there's a really nice tone. Everyone feels welcome and goes away with a warm, fuzzy feeling and a few extra ideas of how to improve their career. And I think that kind of, warmth and quite frankly generosity we've given away almost everything for free so far um has probably helped a lot of people say that's just a really nice smart humble collaborative bunch of people of course of course that's that's incredible wow you really are just building a community and and i can i can tell that that aspect of it is really uh is a very important part of the project 
Oh yeah, big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, what what sort of people tend to go into portfolio careers? Is it something that people tend to start from? You know, I graduated university, yeah. or maybe I, I, I'm not at university. I'm just doing my first job. Yeah. Or do they tend to be a little bit more experienced? So it's a good question, and, and I, if you look at the forecast, they'll say the younger people are, the more likely they are to have portfolio careers. So something like 70% of people under 30 are likely to have portfolio careers, whereas maybe 30% of the over 70s. Um, our community is very much people in their 30s, 40s, 50s. Not by design. We'd love more people in their 20s and, and 60s. But simplistically, what we're seeing is a lot of people in their 20s are prepared by the educational system to want a graduate trainee job. And if they do want a portfolio career, it's an influencer, which isn't where we, we, we have special skills. So uh, we're not doing much there yet. That said, you know, we do want to work there, but that's a different subject. Okay. I think a lot of people in their 60s will cruise into a portfolio career without giving it too much thought because they're thinking, I've got a few years to go before I retire. Whereas people in their 30s, 40s, 50s are saying, I know who I am. I've got an impressive track record. I don't know how to do a portfolio career, but I want to be really serious about this reset. This is my career for a few decades. I'm going to get it right. And they're the ones who tend to sort of um, come in and say, you know, what courses have you got? You know, who can I chat with? You know, how do I collaborate? You know, where do I get tips on winning work or how much to charge or whatever it might be? So that's where we're gravitating. But I think the whole thing is a subject of people in their 20s probably either need or want portfolio careers but don't know how is a problem we will put some serious effort into next year. We're thinking of even like graduate trainee schemes for portfolio professionals whereby they come in, learn a wow. set of skills and shadow yeah, more that, senior. That things. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that could be quite interesting, actually. Um, and and I wonder. Yeah, I, I wonder what the take up will be like for that. If you do ever run the experiment, or when you ever run the experiment, yeah. please let me know. I'd, I'd be very very keen to find out about how that. For goes. sure. Yeah, no, it's yeah. it's an exciting concept, and we've got a sort of straw man, but it's quite resource intensive and. We're still a cash trap startup, so that's why I have to wait. No, absolutely, of course. Yeah. Well, you've, you've got to focus on the things that will help, you know, help the growth yeah, right now, and, yeah. then, and then you can move on step by step. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, so no investors for, for the time being then is, is purely... No, we have. So I put in the first um, seed money, as it were, but we've raised nearly a million pounds so far, almost all of it from our community. So right now, oh, we are owned by the community, built for the community, which is kind of a, like powerful, a tech hippie nirvana. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's very powerful. Yeah. One one thing where communities tend to be really strong is within the crypto world and the kind of like the Web three mm -hmm. world. Um, is is that something that you've looked into at all um, for this, or something that you kind of? It is, and I think point? it's yeah, I think it's part of our future. Um, mm. There's another phrase um, that I only learned a few months ago, which makes me feel dim. But there's so much going in tech. But a, a DAO, a, a decentralized DAO autonomous organization, that's probably what we're building. Um, yeah, in which you know. Right now, we have shareholders and, you know, we have clients that pay, you know, for members to do work and blah, 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 and members pay fees. But there is something to be said for whenever you contribute to the community, you get shares that you can either cash in or hold. Uh, obviously, if you hold them and the community gets more successful, you know, your investment goes up. So, for example, I'd love to think of it, make a really simple thing of if you help us design a training course, you get X number of tokens per person that attends. Or if you bring in a client, you get X percent of revenue as in tokens or whatever. But things in which basically anyone that brings in clients or does work or contributes to content or whatever it might be, gets tokens they can either hold the shares or cash in. Um, and that way you end up with the biggest shareholders being the biggest contributors, et cetera. And, it, and it's a real virtuous cycle. Talking to friends who are way more expert than me, they kind of said, you can try and do it now if you can raise you know, tens of millions. 
or wait a couple of years and you can probably license the software to make it happen more easily. Right. So for now, we're using old fashioned things like stock options. If someone helps us design a course, we'll give them some cash and some stock options, um, which is kind of like a stepping stone toward it. But but yeah, certainly over time, that's where we want to get to. We've actually got a kind of a, a cash equivalent right now. So our main revenue source is well-funded startups coming to us asking for help with their talent plans, you know, whether it's finding a mentor for the CEO or finding a, a COO or finding a someone to run an offsite or whatever it might be. Um, and we have seen where we have no salespeople, all selling is done by the community um, and they get commission. And then the, the work, you know, when the central work to be done, we outsource it to our community. And then when there's actually an employee to be you know, hired, yeah, it often goes to our community. So you've got the work being brought in by the community, the filtering and matching being done by the community and the work being done by the community and everyone's getting their fair share. So That's there's great. an element of cash based right now, uh, but over time, probably tokens would make more sense. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. When I first heard about DAOs, also around a month or two ago, by the way, yeah. um, the, the first thing that came to mind was that this gives a real opportunity to be able to build a product by the users, like literally yeah, have yeah. the users do the stuff. It's yeah, incredible. Yeah. Um, and, and, then, and then you can't go wrong because, you know, they will do what, what they want. <laughs> so, Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> which, yeah. which will work really well. Um, that, that's that's amazing. So right now you've mentioned that you've got sort of around seven thousand people in the community. Mm -hmm. um, are you? I'm, I'm assuming you're still growing and you're sort of taking on more people. You're not gonna. Yeah, we're growing very healthily. Again. So um, we're yeah we're growing. I forget what it is, like ten percent a month or something like that. So it's kind of it's a nice number because we're not we're not obsessed with growth. I, I don't know where this community ends. Does it stop at fifty thousand or five hundred thousand or a million? But it's probably not a hundred million. It's it's uh, what we'd love to have is enough people in the community to be able to help all or most of the startups in the world with a few people per startup. Yeah, because that's very much our clients. Our members work in the startup scale up and VC ecosystem. So I don't know what that gets us to, but it means you need good geographic coverage, good coverage by industry, good coverage by function, um, and you know it, it, the equivalent of a few people per startup in the world. So we're, we're not obsessed with numbers, but it is a very high value audience um, from that perspective. It's like you know, really smart people and we help them have great careers and really amazing startups and we help them grow like crazy. That's brilliant. That's absolutely yeah. brilliant. So, so it's mostly then, um, <clears throat> excuse me, people looking for uh, board roles or um, mental roles and so on. Um, is it primarily senior roles or does it go, you know, for example, I want a part-time graphic designer yeah. to help with the project? It's, it's, it's pretty senior. We, we, we've kind of, in terms of when we take on work with clients, uh, it typically is head of or above, which is like a team lead kind of thing. So simplistically, at least six to eight years into a career kind of thing. Anyone can post jobs on the, on the platform for free. So we do have some individual contributors, but it tends to be senior, just that's our community. Um, and our, even our relationships are mostly with, you know, with client side as VCs or founders. So from that angle, they are focused on the senior roles. You know, most startups have in-house in recruiters focused on the junior roles. So you know, where they want a bit more help is typically is the senior roles as well. So it seems to be a very nice fit between our community and um, the kind of talent that founders worry about. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I think people have had a crack at this multiple times. And, you know, mm -hmm. there are different communities out there that people are trying to create yeah. and help with, with this sort of thing or taking one element of it. Mm -hmm. And, for example, saying, we'll help you find board members or we'll yeah. help you find, yeah. you know, senior executives yeah. and so on. But 
no one has really managed to do it with this level of collaboration, at least not that I'm aware yeah. of. Um, as, as a I don't think so. I think you're right. And when, when I look at other, whether it's communities or job sports, because we're trying to be both, uh, and if we have to choose one, it's definitely community first. But but most are focused on a single industry or a single function or a single geography. We definitely have people from every industry, every function, and every geography. We're in 200 countries already. Um, because I, I guess partly it's how we started. We didn't think about specializing. But partly, I think it leads to more collaborative opportunities. If you've got all accountants in a community or all creatives, there's a risk that there's too much, you know, how much do I share because, you know, these guys are my competitors. If you've got a total and utter mix up, you know, there's a lot less worry. And what's great is you get the accountants helping people with tax advice, the lawyers helping people with legal advice, the creators helping them with creative advice, the wordsmiths, um, you know, helping with, you know, really cool, you know, taglines, phrases, you know, articles, whatever. And it just, it's a really nice way to mix it up. And so the way we're kind of looking at it is, it's nice for the community to be diverse. Well, I think one of the reasons people can be coming back is they love all the cool people they meet, but it's also nice to be able to go to those startups and scale-ups and say, don't come to me with a job description for a certain type of person, come to me with a problem you want to solve um, or a business you want to build. And we'll work out a plan for you that has an amazing team with a mix of you know, full-time, part-time, you know, interim, et cetera, depending on the individual, you can maybe pay them a mix of cash and stock options, you know, but there's all sorts of ways to play it. And I love that starting with a start with the problem rather than start with the job description. Yeah. It's very dynamic, very, very yeah. dynamic and, and, yeah. and just adaptable to whatever might happen, whatever changes might happen as well. Exactly. Um, it's, it's brilliant. Do, do you think that starting with trying to solve a problem? Do you think that's like part of your past consulting career had anything to do with that approach? It could be. Um, you, uh, and some people have described it as building the McKinsey of the startup world. So it's like <laughs> yeah, founders come to us That's saying, funny. I've got a problem. How do I solve it? And we say, yeah. you know, talk to you know a, a member of the community and then start problem solving. And then they'll bring in extra people in teams as required to solve things. And some of yeah, say the odd person that will bring in might be full time, but most will be part time, interim, part time, mentor, board member, project team consultant, whatever it might be. So um, I, I don't know if that's the right analogy. It's been used a few times, but basically I would love to think that one day every founder in the world would have a mentor or a board member from the portfolio collective that they can turn to and say, this is a problem I haven't seen before. How do I solve this? And they'll either say I can help or I know a bunch of smart people who can. Let me let me go and ask a few questions in the portfolio collective and come back with some ideas. Yeah, absolutely. That's incredible. Um, in terms of founders, I'm, I'm just thinking right now in terms of uh, everyone that I want to share this with um, already. <laughs> um, I think I can see the value for founders is, is huge. It's absolutely yeah. huge. Um, have you thought about partnering up with sort of accelerators or anything like, or, or incubators? Great or question. And we've got some in the works. Um, nice. Actually, less accelerators, more venture builders is where we're, we're seeing traction. So okay. um, the distinction by that, because not everyone's clear, is it? You've got VCs who basically invest in companies, but are relatively hands off. You've got venture builders who will often own a majority of a startup or they'll start with an idea and then hire a founder to build the idea, et cetera. And the venture builders like to be very hands on with support around talent, problem solving, et cetera. So we're actually chatting with a couple of venture builders and would love to chat with a few more, typically like one per industry because they all don't want their competitors there saying, you know, could we be a talent partner so that when you have an idea and you want to scale it, we can help you scale it. We can pull in a team of portfolio professionals, get things up and running. And then as you hit success, maybe you backfill some of those with permanent hires, uh, but you can you know, keep staffing up fast and you have great people, fast momentum 
you know, access to whatever talent you need. So that's kind of interesting. Um, Absolutely. And obviously be great from us. Again, it comes back to selling without salespeople kind of thing, but it's also nice to have partnerships because at least for me, and I know sometimes we do things that just make us happy, you know, uh, without even thinking about the economics. I love to, for either me or one of our members to have an amazing relationship with the founder and say, what's the journey we're on? You know, how let, let's map out that plan and do it together. Uh, and so things like venture builders, where you literally start with the idea around the kitchen table and then say, I think this has got legs. Let's staff the team. And we'd yeah. be on that journey all the way through, which is kind of cool. Yeah. That's awesome. And see it, see it being built from scratch. That's exactly. Yeah. See the whole journey. Yeah. I come back to accelerators. It's interesting. I mean, I, I do mentor on a couple of accelerators myself. I think there's an element of what we're building says one day, maybe people don't even need accelerators because we've got 7,000 mentors in the community. And so what we're seeing with a lot of um, pre-revenue or, or pre-seed founders is they're just joining the community as members. Um, mm. And you know, effectively, they can tap into talent and ask questions and find collaborators. Uh, they have to do all the work themselves because they're not paying us anything. But basically, it's a great source of talent that's really friendly and loves you know, helping founders. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's that's amazing. Yeah, that that would be um, that would be a pretty interesting world uh, to live in. One without accelerators, I, I wonder how that would look. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I think yeah, I, th I think you'd have a lot more founders uh, working together because I think in in many ways that is what accelerators are trying to do. They're trying to create a community for people to be able to collaborate together. Um, exactly. And actually, yeah. when you, for example, speak to people who've uh, who've gone through YC, um, for yeah. example, the main the main kind of selling point really is or the, the usp is the community um, yeah, is, is yeah the other founders that you can talk to so yeah. if you can enable that in a much easier way um and absolutely yeah it, then yeah, that, that's, yeah that's incredible um wow so looking to if you look at the data you have right now or you mm -hmm. obviously feel free to say i don't want to dive into this or, or, or whatever um this is a series of, it's not as serious of a question as, as it might sound yeah. Um, but I'm curious, what have you found there to be some sort of optimum number of positions to hold at any given point in time uh, for people? Probably not. So I, mean, I, I, I definitely test the boundaries. <laughs> um, I, I lose how, how track. Do, do you mind sharing how many you have right now? Uh, I've probably got, I think, about seven or eight board jobs. And then I've got another two or three mentoring jobs and I pick up the odd ad hoc project. Obviously, I've got the portfolio collective to run. Yep. I do the odd speech. Um, <laughs> I teach a bit at Oxford and sometimes elsewhere when people ask me. Um, so okay, if you wow. take all my, I'd say clients, because they're not all jobs. Some of them are literally freebies or, or whatever, and some of them are you know, sure. mentoring. But I probably got, I don't know, 15 to 20 touch points where I'm hopefully adding value to startups or universities or, or VCs or something like that. Yeah. What I would say before it sounds insane is some of them are very light touch. Like one or two of the companies yeah. are a bit dormant, a couple are half an hour a week, uh, Oxford's one day a term. So you start sort of segmenting it. My life is still 70% the Portfolio Collective. Um, and, and actually, I, because it's a funny one. So on the one hand, everyone in our team has a side hustle. Um, right. we'd be hypocritical if we, if we said no. And it's, so it's like, it's almost like our 20% time in the portfolio collective is to have a side hustle. Um, That's why funny. it helps you earn more money. It helps you learn about portfolio careers. It also means as a startup, we don't need to pay stellar salaries because, you know, people have a side hustle and stock options, etc. So there's lots of good things come out of it. And so my commitment to my co-founders is I will always cap my other interests at 15 hours a week. 
um, which given <laughs> I work a lot of hours, it's yeah. still a 20% time as it were. Yeah, yeah, no, that's incredible. Okay, fair enough. I guess you can, you can do the math there to figure out how many hours a week you work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Got quite a lot by the sound of it. Yeah. Um, amazing. I mean, because building a company alone is, is a very difficult thing to do mm-hmm. um, and, and can require a lot of hours. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like, you know, a sort yeah. of way more than a full-time job. Mm-hmm. Um, so knowing how you can kind of manage both of those things. Um, and, uh, yeah, and, and obviously it's a juggling act. And what I've done over the last two years is I did have some stuff in my side hustles that weren't synergistic, so I've dropped them. Sure. So now, for example, I'm mentoring founders or sitting on boards, but those founders need help. And very often the help comes from the portfolio collective. So it's like a lot of our early clients were my, my portfolio um, clients. On top of that, uh, a shout out to Fiona, my co-founder, who also painted this amazing mural. Uh, but Fiona is the COO and she um, she can catch a lot of the fastballs that I throw and, and turn them into awesome plans. So I think Brilliant. if you are, um, you know, at risk of distraction, and I, I would say occasions happen, but normally I'm pretty good. It's great to have someone who can catch anything else um, that you might sort of uh, yeah. be at risk of dropping. I'm also a big fan of the chief of staff role. Um, in fact, I like it so much, I have two. I have one really? for my wow. portfolio career and one okay. for the portfolio collective. So, ah, um, and so, you know, chief of staff is like really like sort of the juggler in chief, organizer in chief, et cetera, to make sure no balls get dropped and there's, you know, momentum and professionalism everywhere. And so we have one in the portfolio collective, um, making sure the ship, uh, or the trains run on time, let's say, and everything will mm. go smoothly. But for my portfolio career, I have one. Actually, my portfolio career is technically is about three people rather than just me. Um, so I've got other oh, portfolio professionals who support me okay. with things like market research, analytics, um, you know, uh, creating decks, that kind of thing. That's absolutely brilliant. It, it, it's such, it, it's so obvious when, when somebody starts working on this sort of thing and then, you know, after talking to you about it, it's, it's so obvious that this is kind of where the world's going. Yeah. Um, just, just people doing multiple things and doing multiple Absolutely. Things and, and yeah. Yeah. Knowing how to do that and having someone to help them manage that is, is just, yeah, it's priceless. Yeah. And that's um, really, that, that really, and it comes back to your very first question is, it's a, it's going to be a thing. Every forecast is going to be a thing and it's really fun, but it's quite hard and quite lonely. So let's make it less hard and less lonely. Absolutely. But I wanted to ask you how, what is the difference between CEO and chief of staff or is that the same thing? You could say it's a continuum. Yeah, yeah there's almost like a, uh, what's the, the lowest one might be, I don't know, like a project manager, and then you've got maybe a founder's associate, head of ops, chief of staff, you know, maybe VP operations, COO. So you could say they're similar, but different levels of seniority. Okay. But typically the chief of staff is the most junior direct report to the CEO. And typically they don't have a big team. So their job is to make the CEO and the senior team more productive rather than to run a function. Um, that does change occasionally like in very small startups. The chief of staff often runs finance, HR, legal, because there's no one else to do it. But um, as companies grow, they professionalize those functions. Whereas the COO typically runs some meaningful business functions. So some COOs, you know, look at the extreme, Sheryl Sandberg runs pretty much sales, marketing, partnerships, blah, 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 for the world at Facebook, or she did um, before she stepped back. So, you know, COOs tend to be, you know, the right hand of the, the CEO, you know, the person that would step in for the CEO, if the CEO went under a bus, whatever it might be, the chief staff isn't that person, but they are the confidant of the CEO and they are involved in pretty much everything interesting going in a company. So I think it's one of the best development roles you can do these days. Um, at least if you want to be a founder, which a lot of people do, is yep. tr- somewhere in your career, try and get a chief of staff role. That, that's, yeah, 
That makes a lot of sense. Um, I've, it's something that, I, that I've been thinking about because the previous company I worked in, uh, I remember when we hired the CEO, I think the mm. CEO sort of did the CEO's and the CEO's job for yeah. a long time. Um, and then a CEO, COO came in and yeah. it made a world of difference. Um, just yeah, because it normally does. I hired yeah. my first chief of staff four or five years ago and it doubled my productivity and I just wish I'd done it 15 years earlier. Um, since okay. then, I've always had at least one, and as I said, now I've got two. So a bit greedy, yeah. but it really does make me productive. So, so one of them is just to help you manage your portfolio career, correct? Yeah. So if you think about my portfolio career, I get asked to do speeches all the time. That requires deck creation. So clearly, they want me to turn up on stage, but I can do the early brief, do a brain dump with someone else about the slides required, and then yeah, the slides get created for me. Um, some of my work is working with investors, understanding you know markets and revenue and stuff. I've got an analyst for that. Some of my uh, work is maybe helping founders make their boards run productively. There's a lot of governance stuff. So again, my chief of staff has become a bit of an expert in you know how to how to boards work. Um, some of my founders I work with ask for help with fundraising. Um, I don't have the time, but I let them leverage my network. But they sure. use the chief of staff. So between analyst, market research, chief of staff, yeah, you know, anything that's simplicity below my pay grade gets done by someone else. And that enables me to help more founders and help more investors because I've got a sort of support team. So, so you've been doing this for a while. You've obviously got a system there going, mm -hmm. and then kind of a little bit more on the legal side of things. So, yeah. how do people tend to kind of set those things up? So, do they set up a, a company and then do all of this stuff yeah. through it, or do great they questions? Some uh, traders, or yeah, yeah. Typically, people start off as a um, sole trader because it's just easier when it feels like it's a side hustle and the revenue won't be that big then you know sole trader um but normally when it starts getting complex and you have multiple sources of income and especially when you ditch the day job typically they create a limited company um why there's a few subtle advantages but i'm not a tax advisor but my understanding is <laughs> sure. um a you can expense more stuff you know so obviously running your career yourself has a lot of expenses uh, there's a lot more you can expense, I believe, as a as a limited company. B, it makes it easier to hire other people. You hire them as a company as opposed to as an individual. Um, again, things like a business bank account and other things are a little easier. It helps you look like a company to some of your clients. And some clients don't care. They're happy to hire an individual, um, although they might beat you up on rates because they think they're hiring a freelancer. When they're hiring a company, right. it's different. So, for example, if I quote to run a workshop for a for a startup. I can probably charge more because I'm charging as a company saying this is a company service and you're getting me and the team backing me up. If I said, you know, I'd like you to charge you for two days of my time, they'd say, well, what's your day rate? Whereas when you're charging as a company, it's not really what's the day rate, it's is a good course. value for money. How much does the service so, cost? Yeah. So, uh, and the final thing is with a limited company, you can do things like borrow money if you want to. And if the company goes bust, the debt goes with the company, it doesn't stick with you. Um, so there's a few subtle reasons why I think once people ditch the day job or start saying I'm going all in, they create a limited company. Got it. And this is all the sort of advice that you can get from the portfolio collective. Yeah, totally. These are the things the we talk about all, all the time. Yeah. That, that, that's incredible. Um, I, I, I will need to do more research on the portfolio collective and, and sort of really dig into all of this. Um, I mean, I, I, I thought I did some digging on there and I did <laughs> read, um, some, some of the stuff that you've got on there, uh, but clearly there's a lot more to unpack. Um, so if, if people want to um, sign up, if people want to try it, um, where, where do they go, first of all? Um, if people kind of want to get in touch, then what's the best way for them yeah, to Yeah, the easiest thing is to go to uh, or just Google the Portfolio Collective. 
um, and uh, sign up uh, and then basically get involved in there. Once you sign up, typically you opt into the email, so you start getting updates on what's going on. If you want to meet people, there's an events section. Yeah, come along to events and meet some people and just awesome. see what they're like and if you like them. That's typically the first reason, I say the main reason people sign up because you can read articles without signing up. Um, but then before long, people say, oh, well, I think I'll do a course or, you know, oh, there's some interesting jobs here or I ought to fill out my profile so that people know who I am, et cetera. And it kind of goes from there. But typically it starts with events. Okay. And there's a give and take, right? As, as you mentioned. So when you Absolutely. set up your profile as, as a member on there, then there's the element of, here is what I can offer kind of thing. And also here's what I'm looking for, right? For sure. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, by filling out your profile, A, it actually helps you tell your story properly. Like, who am I as a portfolio professional? That, you know, that matters. Sure. But it also means when you connect with other people, they can see who you are. Um, it also means that when people um, you know, put questions in the newsfeed, let's say, our head of community actually searches for who's the best expert to answer that and then tags people. So if you've described your, your skills and knowledge well, you're easier to find and therefore it's easier to match people with problems, people with collaborators, et cetera. Brilliant. Yeah. So what comes next for you? And because uh, I understand that we don't have that much uh, scheduling today, I, I kind of really want to do maybe just a longer session at some point, maybe in a few yeah. months time when you've grown and so on, we can have another another chat and sort of do like a-, a Absolutely, yeah, that'd be fun. Dig into more yeah. detail. Yeah. Um, what, what's next for you guys at the moment? Uh, what's the so what's most next exciting next step? Yeah, I know, obviously I'm a founder, so I'm always keeping one eye on cash and fundraising. Is we're probably next month going to be cash flow positive, which will be amazing. Um, which doesn't mean we won't do a raise, but you know, in the current environment, it's nice to do a raise from a position of strength. You go to invest, say, I don't need your money, but if you did invest, here's what I would do. That yeah, you know, there's a lot of tech we need to do, or like we don't have an app, our messaging's a bit clunky, etc. So definitely need to do a lot of work there. Our geographic footprint, although global, is very strong in the time zones in which you can attend our events. Because I said a lot of reasons people sign up for events. So basically we're strong from East Coast US to India, but we're weak in California, Singapore, Australia, et cetera. So definitely need to have more events and more stuff organized for people around the world because this is definitely a global Mm -hmm. sort of um, community. Beyond that, it really is just doing more of what we're doing, but in a more and more professional and slick way, which is working with founders and venture builders, et cetera, to say, let's really formalize how we go on a journey together. You know, you, you have talent needs, we have talent, let's you know, match it up, match it up, and, and, and just keep sort of matching it so that we have an amazing community with the right industrial backgrounds, functional backgrounds, geographic footprint skills, whatever, that we can find them all work and they can collaborate with each other. That, that balance, I think, is a really important part of what we do. Um, they'd be the bigger things. There's some other fun stuff. One actually that we are formalizing in Q4, so this side of Christmas, is we're launching a mentor program. So we've seen there's a massive gap in mentors for founders and senior people in startups. Plenty of coaches, um, lot, even NED. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the mentoring, if you think about it for a coach, you need to know the answer. For a mentor, sorry, you need to know the question. For a mentor, you need to know the answer. That's a much harder skill set. So what we're looking to do is pull together a really cool bunch of mentors who've all built functions in scale-ups. They've built the HR function, finance, tech, partnerships, you know, marketing, whatever. Um, but they're now portfolio professionals and they're open to mentoring. We'll have to sort of handpick those guys, train them, accredit them. And then when any founder anywhere in the world says, I need a female mentor who's worked in healthcare and knows a lot about AI, uh, we can say, yeah, here's a short list of three. Would you like to chat to them? 
And that gets us close to that vision of having what, at least one mentor um, from the Portfolio Collective with every founder, working with every founder in the world. Yeah, that's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. Yeah. I can think on many instances that I, that I could have made use out of that. For um, sure. So, yeah, very excited that that's coming to life. Um, and for the mentors, mentors that get involved, of course, that like you mentioned, there is the element of um, that you can, it's both shares or um, shares and cash or cash, depending on the startup. Absolutely, and yeah. And what yeah, startup yeah. Can work with and so on. Amazing. Um, yeah. What's the scariest thing for you uh, in, in the next, in, in the upcoming few months or year or so? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, and I've always got an eye on cash because you never know whether things might dry up. Obviously, the, the, the economy looks volatile. Or, and yes, like if you think about it, our main revenue source is helping startups hire. Yeah. That sounds scary right now. That industry is probably halved in the last six months. However, we are doing it faster, cheaper, better and with portfolio professionals, which actually is, is doing well because yes. uh, it's more efficient, quite frankly. Um, so the end, you know, I'm keeping one eye on the economy and on cash and what have you. Um, Something I've always worried about, but it's it's going further and further back in my mind, is maintaining the quality and collaborativeness of the community as we grow. Okay. Um, because quite frankly, I don't have all the answers. It's like, it's, what happens if a bunch of, I don't know, takers joins the community or a bunch of salespeople and all they're doing is wanting to sell or take or you know suck the blood out of it? That would be horrible. Um, but it hasn't happened and we've got to 7,000. But if it did happen, I'd have to give it a lot more thought because quite frankly, it's, organically, it's been growing in the right direction. Um, but that would be a big worry. So it's kind of like when investors ask, I don't have a good answer, but it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> so now that, that second bit might be a good answer, which is somehow the way it's growing is organically, it's by friend referrals, et cetera. Mm. Maybe that's keeping the quality high. Um, that's probably the, the main one. I'm always worried about the balance. Back to your question earlier, how do I balance my portfolio career with the portfolio collective? You know, as you can tell, a lot of my passions are actually having a portfolio career and helping founders. But you know, you might say, well, that's not building the portfolio collective. So getting that balance right. Although I think I'm, I think I've found it, but I've got it every week. I take a look back at the calendar and say, how did I spend my time and was it in balance? That's great. Wow, uh -huh. that's, a, that's a very very stoic thing to do. Yeah. I know it helps a lot. I, I'm obsessed with calendar management. You know, oh, I, I, okay. I, wow. I block everything, family time, exercise, um, yeah. you know, sort of, uh, you know, stuff for free pro bono stuff, you know, the, the mentoring, the portfolio for all those different color codes. And I've oh, set myself it. rules for like proportions and I kind of take a look oh. and it's not rigid, but it is guidelines that I try to stick to. So you've you've gone further and put rules in place. So, so I've got I've got everything that you've mentioned, but yeah. after the you've set rules for what's allowed to have how much effectively is, is that yeah, right? and that comes back to that rule. Like you know, my, my portfolio career can't take more than fifteen hours a week. Every week I look back and say, was it more than fifteen or less than fifteen, etc. Um, I have a, a rule now that I don't do more than six hours of kind of pro bono a week because again, it, it's so easy to say yes to everything because there's, there's so many people need help. Um, so I cap that. Um, you know, I want to do at least sort of three or four exercise sessions a week. You know, I want to put the kids to bed every night. So all these things get put in, um, and occasionally break them. I don't put the kids to bed every night. It's maybe six nights a week, but yeah, it, you kind of manage it, but it comes through a lot of planning and then reviewing and tweaking. Of course. It's, 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 it's actually really amazing. Um, and I think having a portfolio career as well, in many ways, I, I can imagine would help families and sort of like, you know, um, new fathers, new mothers and so on. Um, yeah. just because, you know, you have a little bit more control every time, um, big time. So. Uh, certainly 60% of our members are women and that's not a surprise. It's, um, 
portfolio career is just yeah if you want to juggle family and work yeah a portfolio career is obviously a great thing and, and working from home works really well with working from home so it's not surprising that women are the early adopters but all my instincts say it'll be 50 50 one day but right now it does skew we'll female um yeah, yeah, which makes sense of course of course well ben thank you so much for your time um this was incredible thank you for sharing everything that you're doing thank you for doing portfolio collective and building that because that's definitely something that the world needs and it looks like the world is moving in that direction. So it's, it's great that you're, you're jumping on that right now. And honestly, um, you, you seem like the perfect founder for what you're building because you've literally lived this life for a very long time. So yeah, way, I love it. You know, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you love it and you seem to do it well. So it just makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thank you for having, being here with us today and thanks for your time and very much looking forward to spreading the word about this. Um, and we'll leave links to Portfolio Collective as well in the description for people Wonderful. Uh, to check out. And hopefully we'll have another conversation again soon. I look forward to it. Amazing. Thanks so much. All the best. Bye. Take care. We hope that you liked the episode. This podcast was sponsored by QFind, a hiring platform that matches candidates with jobs and employers based on many factors that ensure longer term alignment. It goes way beyond package and salaries and takes into account much, much more than that to ensure a happy uh, working environment for everybody. To find out more about this podcast and to see further releases, we'll be announcing them at the at QFinds.io uh, Instagram page as well as on the qfinance.io website, as well as from my own personal uh, Instagram page and my own personal LinkedIn. All information you need that we spoke about in the podcast or this information mentioned here will be mentioned below in the description. So take a look, visit those links. And if you like anything or want to get in touch, uh, please do. And lastly, stay tuned for more. Have an amazing week ahead of you.